Welcome to another edition of Transformation Radio. We begin today's reading in the New Testament. Our narrative will come from uh, the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Setting our sights on the realities of heaven means striving to put heaven's priorities into daily practice here in this world. Letting heaven fill our thoughts means concentrating on the eternal rather than the temporal. We'll read here that we have died to this life. It means that we should have as little desire for improper worldly pleasures as a dead person would have. The Christian's real home is where Christ lives. And this truth provides a different perspective on our lives here on earth. To think about the things of heaven means to look at life from God's perspective and to seek what He desires. This provides the antidote to materialism. We gain the proper perspective on material goods when we take God's view of them. It also provides the antidote to sensuality. By seeking what Christ desires, we have the power to break our obsession with pleasure and leisure activities. But it also provides the antidote to empty religiosity, because following Christ means loving and serving in this world. Regard the world around you as God does. Then you'll live in harmony with Him. All right, what does it mean that a believer's life is, quote, hidden with Christ, end quote. Well, hidden means concealed and safe. This is not only a future hope, but an accomplished fact right now. Our service and conduct do not earn our salvation, but they are results of our salvation. Take heart that your salvation is sure and live each day for Christ. Now, Christ gives us power to live for Him now, 
and He gives us a sure and steadfast hope for the future. He will return. We should consider ourselves dead and unresponsive to sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. The warning in this verse, as we'll come to it today, is not against sex, but against sexual perversion. The Bible everywhere celebrates heterosexual monogamous marriage as the proper situation for sexual fulfillment. Christian men and women should be open to true love and to sexual intimacy within the commitment to lifelong fidelity. That's God's way. The rest is dangerous and futile. Stay away. Sexual sin and perversion will drain your energies and turn your heart away from God. Now, the anger of God that we'll read about here today refers to God's judgment on these kinds of behavior, culminating with future and final punishment of evil. And we'll also read here today that thankful people can worship wholeheartedly. Gratitude opens our hearts to God's peace and enables us to put on love. Discontented people constantly calculate what's wrong with their lot in life. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus bringing honor to Christ in every aspect and activity of daily living. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. October 7th, the New Testament, the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all His glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you've stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and He lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults, and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace, and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom He gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Psalm 78, verses 32 through 55. But in spite of all this, the people keep sinning. Despite His, God's wonders, they refused to trust Him. So He ended their lives in failure, their years in terror. When God began killing them, they finally sought Him. They repented and took God seriously. Then they remembered that God was their rock, that God Most High was their Redeemer. But all they gave Him was lip service They lied to Him with their tongues. Their hearts were not loyal to Him. They did not keep His covenant. Yet He was merciful and forgave their sins and did not destroy them all. Many times He held back His anger and did not unleash His fury. 
for he remembered that they were merely mortal, gone like a breath of wind that never returns. Oh, how often they rebelled against him in the wilderness, and grieved his heart in that dry wasteland. Again and again they tested God's patience, and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power, and how he rescued them from their enemies. They did not remember his miraculous signs in Egypt, his wonders on the plain of Zoan. For he turned their rivers into blood, so no one could drink from the streams. He sent vast swarms of flies to consume them, and hordes of frogs to ruin them. He gave their crops to caterpillars. Their harvest was consumed by locusts. He destroyed their grapevines with hail and shattered their sycamore figs with sleet. He abandoned their cattle to the hail, their livestock to bolts of lightning. He loosed on them his fierce anger, all his fury, rage, and hostility. He dispatched against them a band of destroying angels. He turned his anger against them. He did not spare the Egyptians' lives, but ravaged them with the plague. He killed the oldest son in each Egyptian family, the flower of youth throughout the land of Egypt. But he led his own people like a flock of sheep, guiding them safely through the wilderness. He kept them safe so they were not afraid. But the sea covered their enemies. He brought them to the border of his holy land, to this land of hills he had won for them. He drove out the nations before them. He gave them their inheritance by lot. He settled the tribes of Israel into their homes. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 27. Do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. to pray in the valley low, and how hard your fight has been, how deep the pain within, wounds that no one else has seen, hurts too much to show, and all the doubt you're standing in between, and all the way that brings you to your knees, He
today's In Touch devotion. Today's scripture reading begins in verse 1 of Nehemiah chapter 2. And it came about in the month Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, that wine was before him. And I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. So the king said to me, Why is your face sad, though you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, Let the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies desolate, and its gates have been consumed by fire? Then the king said to me, What would you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. I said to the king, If it please the king, and if your servant has found favor before you, send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, How long will your journey be, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I gave him a definite time. And I said to the king, If it please the king, let letters be given me for the governors of the provinces beyond the river, that they may allow me to pass through until I come to Judah, and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress, which is by the temple, for the wall of the city, and for the house to which I will go. And the king granted them to me, because the good hand of my God was on me. Over the course of a lifetime, disappointment will at times affect us all, causing temporary feelings of letdown. But if we're disappointed repeatedly, discouragement may set in. That can affect us in a variety of ways. First, our mind becomes divided. We have difficulty concentrating, no matter where we are or who is with us. We keep thinking about the disappointment. Next, we place blame. It's easy to imagine we'll feel better by claiming the problem is someone else's fault. Or we may get down on ourselves for our mistakes. We might even point the finger at God for allowing our trial. As our attitude deteriorates, we start focusing on what we dislike or don't have, and anger can occur. We lash out because people or circumstances have failed us, and unresolved anger often drives people away, increasing our disappointment. In time, discouragement leads to unwise decisions. The Christian who has a divided mind, a wrong focus, a negative attitude, and unresolved anger won't think clearly or act in God-pleasing ways. From Nehemiah's story, we can learn how to defeat discouragement. After praying, we anticipate what God will do. The Lord moved the heart of the king, who showed favor toward his cupbearer by providing the soldiers and supplies he would need. Nehemiah accepted the help and moved forward to rebuild Jerusalem. God will stir hearts and send people to help us in discouraging times. Will you look to the Lord in hope and accept the assistance He sends? Come set your rule and reign In our hearts again Increase in us we pray Unveil why we're made Come set our hearts ablaze with hope Like wildfire in our veins Holy Spirit, come invade us now. We are your church. We need your power in us. We seek your kingdom first. We hunger and we thirst. We refuse to waste our lives for you. Our joy and prize To see the captive hearts released The hurt, the sick, the poor at peace We lay down our lives for heaven's cause 
Dylan Kometz. I'm in the third phase of the ministry. Life for me today is very good. I'm in the best shape of my life spiritually, mentally, physically. I would have never dreamed of being where I'm at today. I'm blessed and that's all there is to it. I wouldn't take back anything because if I did, I wouldn't be where I'm at today and I wouldn't have the opportunity and have met the people that I've met today. Life for me started out very uh, controversial and full of drama. I had a loving mother, but she was very lost. I was very torn from my mom's side of the family and my dad's side. My mom's side being drug addicts, partiers, drug dealers, and my dad's side being... You know, good people, they wanted the best for me, fairly wealthy. Being in the position I was in, you know, with my mom and my dad not being around, I loved my mom, I was young, so I didn't want to give up that relationship with my mom. So I stuck with my mom's side of the family and stayed with my mom, and I just closed the doors to my dad's side. So growing up, I was really influenced in a negative way, you know, living with my mom and dealing with the drama and all the controversies, and, you know, it, it was a lot for a, a kid to deal with now that I look back. I didn't realize it then, but I look back and it was hectic. I grew up into sports, played lacrosse, baseball, football. Um, at one point, I was very good at all these sports, but uh, you know, I, I eventually I gave all that up. And you know, when the drugs came in, I just I didn't care about any of that. When I was 12, I got really hurt playing lacrosse, and that was my uh, introduction to prescription medication, painkillers. After that, when I was about 13, I started smoking pot, drinking, partying, whatever. By the time I was 14, I was heavy into the music scene, taking psychedelics, you know, all the drugs that go with that scene, partying hard, you know, taking the Oxycontin when I was 14, hanging out with my uncle a lot, you know, he was, he's been strung out on pills and whatnot for years, hanging out with a lot of older people, they were on a whole different level than me, and I don't know why, but I wanted that, so that led me to very strong drug addiction at a very young age, and uh, I was constantly in trouble with the law, in trouble at school, by the time I was 15, I was strung out on heroin, when I was six. It was a heroin addiction and a crack cocaine addiction. And then when I was 18, everything caught up with me. I had been robbing, stealing, selling drugs, going to whatever measure it took to get my fix. And um, I ended up arrested in the county jail with 17 different felonies for theft, credit card theft. It was a bad time for me in jail. I began to pray, and uh, I didn't know what I was praying to, but I was praying to someone or something for help. I ended up getting out of jail and then going back to jail. I got sentenced to 32 months in prison. When I was there, I kind of got my act together, got my GED, got into college. Um, I felt like enough was enough, and I just I wanted to get my life together. Um, I got saved. I got heavy into the church in there. I got heavy into my word. You know, I was ready for change. I look back now, and that was a, uh, a blessing in disguise for me. That was the answer to my prayers, was the prison term that I served. And uh, that's what I needed. I needed that, that tough love. I needed to be locked up because I couldn't quit on my own. God was definitely there for me when I had no idea he was there. I got out of prison December 28th, 2013, and on the 29th of December, I came to the refuge. And since then, I've, I've experienced miracles. Me and my family, the relationship there is just, it's amazing. With my dad's side of the family, I've never really gotten to know them until now because I was so strung out and distraught. Just so many blessings and so many good people came into my life that I would have never in a million years imagined. Life is just good today, and I'm, I'm just ready for the next step. I'm ready to move on and see what God has in store for me. I'm just blessed today. Many a dream has died 
Like a tree planted by the water, we never will run dry. So living water flowing through, God, we thirst for more of you. Fill our hearts and flood our souls with one desire. Just to Welcome to Minute with Maxwell. I'm in Mauritius, a beautiful island about, I don't know, three hours, I would suppose, kind of east of South Africa. And this is my first time here. and it, I've never been here before. It is incredibly beautiful. Listen to me. If you haven't been to heaven, you want to come here. In fact, they tell me people come to this island before they go to heaven, okay? 
And we're having the best time. I'm doing a leadership day with wonderful people. And this is my wonderful friend, Dolly. Dolly, introduce yourself. She's a coach here on this island and has done a tremendous job. Dolly, introduce yourself and then tell me what the word is, and we'll do that on a minute with Maxwell. Hi, my friend, John. <laughs> you are my friend, I'm so Dolly. I'm glad to be with you and all my friends over there. My name is Dolly Chung. I am from Blooming Concept, and I'm a coach and as well a member of John Maxwell's team. Yes, you are. And what's the word? And the word for today, John, is blooming. Blooming. Oh, there's some self-interest here, I can tell you right now. That's a great word. That's a great word, Dolly. Thank you. And, And the reason that Dolly has chosen blooming is this is her company. And last night when we were having dinner, she was talking to me a little bit about this. You know, when something is blooming, it it means it's alive. It means it's doing well. But it also means that someone intentionally planted a seed. Someone intentionally began this process of of birth and life and growth. And I I love the idea, the concept, Dolly, of blooming because what you're really saying is, that's what I want to do for people. I want to cause them to personally grow and bloom. I want to cause organizations to personally develop. You see, blooming is just an indicator that we're doing well, that we're living. And the question I have today on Minute with Maxwell is, you know, are, are are you blooming? Are you growing? Are you thriving? Are you excelling? Are you reaching your potential? You see, here's what I know. Your potential is God's gift to you, and what you do with that potential is your gift back to God. Blooming, it's a wonderful word, Dolly. It's, listen, we've done Minute with Maxwell for a couple of years now. We've had hundreds and hundreds of words. No one has ever given me the word blooming. That's what happens when you come to this island. You get great people with unique words. They're different, beautifully different. I'm glad you were with us today on Minute with Maxwell. Thank you very much. Staring out of blank wall and its whitewashed face, not knowing why I had to choose this way. I discern I was wrong in my way, looking for peace in another, another domain.
Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are still, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all. Here in the love of Christ, I stand. Thompson, one of the pastors of the Refuge Church. Be sure to join us this Sunday for our weekly gathering at the Hymet House at 4555 Jackson Pike in Grove City at 1030 a.m. But if you can't join us in person, be sure to catch the replay of our message every Friday here on Transformation Radio.
of your past mistakes You are more than the problems you create You've been remade You are more than the choices that you make You are more than the sum of your past mistakes You are more than the problems you create You've been remade
It's hanging over him like the clouds of Seattle. It raining on the swag, falling deeper in the saddle. It's written on his face, he don't have to speak a sound. Somebody call the five, oh, we got a man down. Now you can go and play it like you're all rock and roll. But guilt does a job on each and every man's soul. And when your head hits the pillow at the nightfall, you can bet your life that it's gonna be a fight, y'all. Cause we all make mistakes sometimes. And we've all stepped across that line. But nothing sweeter than the day we find Forgiveness, forgiveness And we all still let me Told me what I would be in for If I kept all the anger inside of me pent up My heart been broken, my wounds been open And I don't know if I can hear I'm sorry being spoken But those forgiven much should be quicker to give it And God forgave me for it all, Jesus bled forgiveness So when the stones fly and they aim at you Just say forgive them, Father, they know not what they do Now you can go and play it like you're all rock and roll But kill does a job on each and every man's soul And when your head is the pillow at the nightfall You can bet your life that it's gonna be a fight, y'all Cause we all make mistakes sometimes And we've all stepped across that line But nothing's sweeter than the day we find Forgiveness, forgiveness And we all still let me Thanks for listening. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.